Welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. And we have, listen, I'm so excited today, I just have to tell you. We have um, a wonderful guest and her wonderful husband on today to talk about, well, to talk about sharing stories, really. Um, so I'd like to introduce Crescent Dragon Wagon, writing teacher, cookbook, and children's book author, and her husband, Mark Graff, who is a consulting cyber defender. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It is our pleasure. So, Crescent, we know each other because I'm a huge fan of your of your mom's books. Your mom is Charlotte Zolotow. She's She was a children's book author. And I read her books um, when I was a girl. And I shared that with you about 10 years ago when I did an article for the Oklahoma newspaper. And um, I've been keeping in touch with you and follow, following you on Facebook. But you are doing something really amazing, I think, and I wanted to talk to you about it today. And, and that's you and Mark are reading Charlotte's stories, um, well, it's really to whoever will listen, uh, not just children, but in this time of stress and uncertainty, it's just so amazing to, to hear you guys share these stories um, and, and to really help her work come alive again. Not that it ever really went away, but there, there probably is a, you know, a new audience for it. So tell me, why did you guys start doing these reading sessions? You know, I basically believe that action is empowering. And because of the stress and the uncertainty and the unknown, and, you know, my experience in worldly life is that anything can happen to anyone at any time and that there are no guarantees. Mm -hmm. um, but that being so, to live with that reality and yet not be crushed by the weight of, whoa, anything can happen to anyone at any time. It's uncertain. The rug can be pulled. To live with that, you know, one of the ways of coping is finding an action that you can take, however incremental or tiny. And even if you're unsure about the outcome, because, I mean, even you can plan the thing, the best things in the world and still not have it turn out. I mean, I'm not saying don't plan, but you never really know. I mean, when Charlotte wrote the man with the purple eyes, she had no idea that a bookish little girl in Oklahoma City would find an upside down bound copy and fall in love with it and then be interviewing her then small daughter. You know, the daughter's now 67. You're grown up. Here we are. So, so because I believe that action is empowering, even though I didn't know if it would help. And, you know, of course, I, in one sense, I still don't know. I thought, what can I do now that might be of help? And I thought, well, if people are sheltering down, they're going to be going crazy. They're going to want connection. They're going to want a little bit of escapism because mm -hmm. no matter how much you love the people you're with, you are going to need something that is not interactive. And in cases where there are little fractures in the family, which would be 90% of the families, you know, those, there's going to be extra pressure. What can I do? Well, the only thing I have is stories, you know, my mother's books and my own. And so I thought, well, I'll start, I'll start reading them every night on Facebook live, not the best platform, but one that 
my technological pea brain, I surround myself with people who have much brainier brains in that area than I do. <laughs> but I thought, okay, I can handle that, and I'll just I'll just start doing it. So a week into it, I realized that like holding up a book, it's easy to do it on Zoom, but Facebook Live flips it in this totally weird. It's not like looking in a mirror exactly. It's it's very confusing. So I wasn't really doing a good job of showing the pictures and reading it. So I prevailed on Mark, who is way overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> Would you come down at six every night and show the pictures? <laughs> and um, he was kind enough to agree. And now you take it from your side. Well, my my part of this is, is simpler. Um, I did it to start with because Crescent needed to help and ask me, um, so I said I would help her. And it is it is hard, uh, actually, to make the books line up correctly when you're trying to do it in real time. Um, but I've uh, continued to do it uh, not only because she needs the help, but also because um, it's, it is something simple that I can do that people are responding to and, and help. And also, um, I, I think this is kind of a graduate course in, in the works of, uh, you know, famous children's book authors. I mean, I'm, I'm basically, it's, it's like a daily seminar on Charlotte Zolotow and Crescent Dragon Wagon and their books. <laughs> and, um, we're just finishing 10 weeks. Um, so we're starting the 11th week soon. And, uh, and he's a teacher's pet in the class. <laughs> and, and it's, um, so that's that's about fifty books uh, of of the two of them that we've studied, and you know, it, it, we, we she reads them, I turn the pages and uh, show the pictures, and then we have a little discussion uh, of of about the book, and um, it's it's very interesting to go over them. I've never I've read a lot of children's books because I have uh, several children, but uh, but I've never I'd analyzed them with the author sitting there, right. Um, so that's that's really something to be able to say. Why did you? What did you mean when you when you said that? Or why did you choose that? You mm-hmm. know. So it's interesting for me uh, to to sit there and watch her read it, and then ask her about how she wrote it, how she read it. Mm. And we talk a lot about the illustrations. Now, not every book is perfectly illustrated, but it's been interesting to sort mm. of discuss what we notice about them, and you know. So it's fun and. It's you know makes us feel like we're doing a little something, and you know we have this small cadre of people who are very loyal that show up, and you know some of them are older people rather than young people who are isolated, and it's like a daily touchstone for them that they get to. So that's an extra sweet sweetness that we hadn't counted on. You know I think that children's books, if you have a favorite one, and, and many people. If, if not a favorite one, they have one that they remember, especially from their mm-hmm. childhood, uh, can really stay with you. Um, I, I went to, <laughs> I mean, I actually, I, over the years, had, had lost these books. And so I tried to find them, many of which are out of print. But there were, there were, there were three books that I really wanted to have physically in my hand. And The Man with the Purple Eyes was one. So I actually, I went looking around. And of course, this was... This was not pre-digital, but early digital. So um, I just had to look and find and found found a copy at a library 
that they sold to me for a ridiculous amount of money, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I won't ridiculous, say how much. Ridiculous low or ridiculous high? No, ridiculous high. <laughs> oh, I'm but, sorry. But I, had, but I had to have a physical copy. Um, but so now that we're in this season and, you know, um, I didn't start the I didn't start the podcast to just talk about this season, but this season is just so important to us right now. Um, so I so as we treasure those stories that we grew up with, I just think what you guys are doing uh, is so magical, and and it's all about sharing stories. And you know, you are an author, and your mom wrote these books, and I'm just wondering, do you remember reading? Well, did she read you her books when you were a child, or did you have a favorite Charlotte book? And, and how did she influence you to become a children's book author? Mm. Uh, well, you know, I grew up in that household, so I sort of understood that, I mean, I often tell the story of one day I came downstairs and my mother was sitting on, at that time we had a piano, she was sitting on the piano stool and she was making notes and she said, Ellen, my name was Ellen then before Crescent, she said, what are, what are some of the awful things that Stephen does to you, Stephen being my brother? And I thought, at last, justice. So I make this whole list of terrible things that he does and thinking, oh, you know, finally. <laughs> well, a year and a half later, her book, Big Brother, Little Sister, comes out. You know? uh-huh. So it was very clear to me but not in, I mean, just in an organic way that stuff happens to you and you, you observe it and you write about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was little, um, the first art I remember pouring over her book over and over, which is one of my favorites illustrated by Garth Williams. There's a picture of a little girl looking down into a carved jack-o'-lantern that has a lamp, a, a, a little candle in it. And the light is coming up on the little girl's face as she looks down into it. And I remember looking at that and thinking, how did, how do you see the light on the face? And, um, you know, I had most of her books seemed to me to be just about feelings and nothing much happened in them in, in many cases. When I was young, I saw them that way. Mm -hmm. But the man with the purple eyes, when I was young, was one of my favorites because it was a, real story something happened it was a myth it was a you know legend it was a fairy tale it was it had that so I remember loving that one when I was little and then there were a lot of them that I thought yeah she she really got this but most of them you know I I, I kind of wanted more to happen and it is only as I'm older that I see the magic in some of the other books and I see the hilarity in some of them she has one called when I have a little girl and another one called someday and both of them are taken directly from my being a little girl chafing against the rules and they're hilarious to me now uh -huh. and um so how did it influence me to become well you know I I always knew I was going to be a writer I didn't know what specifically I would write about. Um, and I often say I'm fortunate that that calling called me because otherwise I'd be called a dilettante and a flake because whatever thing I'm interested in, I 
can dive down into through writing. Mm. So once once a bat got trapped in in my home and I let it out and there was a moment when the bat flew up, it had found the door and it flew out and I looked up and saw it and it just it it made me feel something so big and I thought I have to write about this. But I sort of thought I'd be writing an adult essay because you know everybody has a bat trap they have a bat story most people <laughs> but when i sat down to write it and put my fingers on the keyboards what came out was a children's book called bat in the dining room and you know it wasn't exactly what happened to me mm-hmm. but it had that moment of you know seeing the bat just for a second against the night sky as i said in the book a moving breeze of joy Mm. And she's and she smiled and said goodbye. She being the protagonist, so so children's books have always been part of of my work, and I both my father was a writer as well, and yes. it's almost like I can't finish thinking digesting something until I write it finally. This is Crescent Dragon Wagon reading an excerpt of her mother's book, The Man with the Purple Eyes. In this section, Anna has met the man with the purple eyes and she has given him a penny in exchange for a small hairy seed. She wants to plant the seed to be able to bring a plant to her father in the hospital. She doesn't think the plant is going to grow, but on the day that the man with the purple eyes predicted the plant blooms. Here is Crescent reading. Her mother looked. She put down her coffee cup and stared. The fragrance of the flowers filled the room. They cast a radiance over the walls and the ceiling. as though some magic light were shining in the room. Anna, her mother exclaimed. Why, Anna? The man with the purple eyes said it would bloom today, Anna said. Her mother shook her head in astonishment. It's unbelievable, she said. She reached her hand out towards a spray of purple flowers. What? an absolutely extraordinary plant. Anna's mother was so excited that her face was flushed like a, gir- like a little girl's. Excitement and astonishment were both in her voice, too. How amazed your father will be, she said. He'll love that plant and your whole story of the man with the purple eyes. I've never seen a plant like this. You know, I keep going back to why why am I fascinated with with this particular book, The Man with the Purple Eyes. It's a wonderful book about hope, love, and redemption in my eyes. Um, I listened to you read an excerpt in part four of your of your readings, uh, When the Seed Grows. And, you know, it just kind of blew my mind. I was thinking about comparing the hope that the child that Anna feels when she plants the seed and then, you know, the expectation 
and then later, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the beautiful blooms that we, that we see in the plant later. But I began thinking about how that could compare to life or maybe to what's happening around us today. What are your thoughts? Let me let me take that one. Uh, yeah, I I think I'm I'm fascinated with seeds, um, and uh, it, it just amazes me that you can take a little celery seed uh, or something, and then and then it somehow knows to grow into a piece of celery. It's just astounding to to, but you know, it it if we set out to imagine if there were no such things as seeds and we tried to imagine it, we couldn't. Right. right? It's just a miraculous thing, but to me. Um, Planting a seed is this beautiful combination of, of hope and preparation mm. right? because you, you prepare the soil and you think, and Crescent is very, very good at that. We Just on the other side of, of our ho- wall of our house here, we have a, a beautiful vegetable garden that we're, we're very small. happy with. It's small, but it's going very well, and she's, she's prepared it very, very well. And um, so there's a combination of hope and and preparation which to me is a lot like a marriage actually mm. right? oh um, this because, is good <laughs> yeah because you have to you have to you have to prepare you have to work at it but um getting married especially at our age is an act of hope right mm-hmm. it, it's you're you're um you're you're kind of th- looking into the future and uh investing yourself uh, with the hopes of reaping, uh, you know, joy and satisfaction. So, you you have to prepare for it. You have to do your part. Um, you have to, as it were, you know, water the plant and till the soil, and you have to, you have to bring a lot to the relationship. You have to dig in the manure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, one does. Yeah, yeah. But you get your hands dirty too. But um, uh, but there's there's such wonderful there's a there's a chance that if you do the work and and are very lucky that you know all these rewards will 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 come uh, to you mm-hmm. and so that's that's why they're both acts of hope and and a certain amount of optimism and you know some things that you plant um i remember reading a book about gardening by the english writer vita sackville west mm. and they're they're nicknamed for the children they call them the Mars, M-A-R-S. They would refer to their children as the Mars. And she's in one of her diary entries, she said, I just planted a, and it was some kind of tree. And she said, it will be shading people when the Mars bones are dry dust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly with writing, um, you know, Charlotte is long gone from this world. You're long gone from the little girl you were when you read it, as am I. Mm-hmm. And yet she planted something that is still giving shade and shelter in a way she couldn't have imagined. And, yes. and so I think it is an act of hope. It's, I mean, it's defiance, too, right? I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're defying time. You're defying um you know the, the the weariness, the world weariness, the the Welchmers that we all uh, occasionally really really wear on our shoulders, and it's a it's a chance to um, strike a blow. Yes. And 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 insist that you're going to give yourself a chance for some joy. It's like we think of resistance as being a no, 
but there are resistances that are also yes. Yes, yes. To resist cynicism and despair and, you know, go ahead and soak the little beans we made. You know, we only had room for two bean teepees, but we made those bean teepees out of out of bamboo that is in our backyard that it got down. And, you know, we soaked the little bean seeds. And, you know, the amount of delight we are getting out of this pocket-sized garden, we keep expanding it, but it's still pretty tiny. <laughs> um, you know, we go out every morning, and it's like, oh, you know, the little pepper plant. You know, the you know, I'm doing three or four times three or a day. Four. I am, but it, it's prime growing season. It's really funny because you can actually, if you wait a couple of hours, you can actually see it having grown. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a thrill, thrill. And at a time when there's so much that appears to be being destroyed around us, right. people's lives, and yet, you know, the virus is not vicious. The human response, maybe you can say, is inadequate or misguided or, you know, complicated, or you have these heroes and heroines, you have these people that are being so callous and disregarding the lives of, you know, old people like us. Um, And yet the virus is just doing what viruses do. It's growing, you know, it's trying to reproduce itself. It's not an evil thing. It's just doing what viruses do. So I'm finding it reassuring to work with things natural things that do what they do and appear to be benevolent like planting a seed like like everybody like many people you know growing sourdough and watching those natural processes mm. where the yeasts multiply mm-hmm. and they they're not harmful they're quite the opposite but, but there's a there's a similarity too because in planning the garden or any reading the stories we're both asserting a, a modicum of control in something that we can't control, right? There's so many things spinning out of control that we can't have anything to do with. That's right. But in in terms of sitting down at six o'clock and and making a little video and doing a little reading, that's something we can do. And and for that period of time, it's a real relief to, to just focus on that thing where you're you're in charge and you can do it. And then similarly in the garden, you know, you can you can actually affect something you can you can assert some control you can make a difference you can you can cause something to grow and and you know we we use it in our meals right we, we grow we grow lettuce we reap the lettuce we eat it in our meals so <laughs> so there's a it's a wonderful thing but there's a it's a way of saying this i can do yes right and, and it's been doing and you can't be sure of the outcome i mean there's a lot of deer here so far our garden has not been ravaged by deer mm-hmm. many gardens are you know, not everybody is going to like every story, but it's still. You can do it with you can do it with excellence. You yeah. can do it with heart. You can do it with joy, and you can do it with, with you know uh, hope. You can cast your cast your your bread on the waters and see what happens. And that's the resistance because hope and a belief in the future, you know that that resists despair and disempowerment. And, you know, and stories also, they're kind of a a compass at a time when we're wandering around stories in many ways are a compass to find a path forward maybe not very far but a little way forward i think come back for part two of my conversation with crescent dragon wagon and her husband mark graff as we continue to talk about creativity stories and finding joy 
In the meantime, go to her Facebook page, Crescent Dragon Wagons Writing, Cooking, and Workshops, to hear her read her mother's work and some children's books of her own. As always, this has been Positively Joy. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. Farewell for now. Mm-hmm.